Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. So listen, Lebertius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, welcome back to the Barbecue Central Show. It's the year in review. We're just going to get right into it. Che Conant. Good evening, Greg. Was just curious what kind of dollar amount would be looking to get a shout-out on your show. How about a care package? I'm putting one together for you as I'm typing this, and we'll get it set your way. Let me know about the shout-out slash sponsor would cost us. What are you talking about, Che? What are you selling? I'll tell everybody about it right now. Buy Che stuff. I hope I'm saying your first name right. Is it Che? C-H-E? I'm guessing Che. Tell me what you're selling. Give me a website. I'll tell somebody. Everybody's looking for some new stuff. Now, if you want to advertise on the show, that's going to cost you some money, buddy. That's right. Uh-oh. Yes. All right, John. That's it. That's enough. Uh, So as I look back at this year, uh, 2020 was the bonus content for the show is what like this was the year of bonus content. Never before have I had so much bonus content. So I I think I would like to continue that prospect in 2021 having many more bonus content segments. But I guess it's got to make sense. We had a number of them here in 2020. Closing out March, Fireboard rolled out some of the new updates to their app, user interface and both Ted Conrad and then subsequently Derek Riches recounted being at that last trade show in the country, basically, down at the HPBA in New Orleans, and how that seemed to deplete quickly as the week continued on. I think it started on a Tuesday, and all of a sudden by Thursday or Friday, it was like ghost town. Also, the first round of the American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition made its appearance in March. How many days in March? I'm talking to my friends. Also, a longtime friend of the show, Chad Ward from Traeger Grill, stopped by to catch up on the barbecue industry, barbecue on television or lack thereof it, and more. What a career he's having, too. By the way, congratulations to Chad. Hooking up with the likes of Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and Joe Rogan. Best Pals with Dan Patrick. Maybe other names that I can't think of that are really popular. Good for you, Chad. See you in 2021. Continued success. Happy New Year to you. We move into April of 2020. Sean from the Smoke Sheet came on to update the status of New York City and their barbecue scene amidst the pandemic. 
Mike Lang from Another Pint Please was the guest in April. We talked about the fabulous dish that he was working so feverishly on. Grilled calzones. Delish. By the way, I love Mike Lang. And shame on me for not having him on more frequently, at least as a quarterly guest. He could probably be monthly. He's very active. He's very knowledgeable from a host standpoint. He's a great guest. He has the right equipment in his house to sound good. Hits the marks. Doesn't talk too long. I mean, there's every there's nothing about Mike Lang that I don't like. I love everything about him. So I will try to remedy that in 2021 by having him on more, especially because he's uh, pretty much 100% backyard focused, which is really more what the show has taken on is backyard focus. We mix in a little competition here and there, but backyard folks. Uh, April was also the month of Sam the Cooking Guy blasting rails. That's right. That all was played last week, as you remember. It was also the month where Meathead said that resting your meat after grilling slash cooking is a bit overrated, and there's no real benefit of doing it for any extended period of time. Basically taking it off the cooker, putting it on the table, cobbling together whatever side dishes that you're going to have, and then just have at it. Meathead's continuant thought is people want to eat a hot steak. They don't want to eat a lukewarm steak. And if you let it hang out for 10 or 15 minutes, ultimately you're going to be eating lukewarm steak. And the people will sop up the juice that runs out anyway and put it in their mouth and away you go. First timer to the show, first timers to the show, I should say, John and John McLemore or John and J2 came out to talk about their master built gravity feed cooker. That was really a hide item back then. I had mentioned that a little earlier. I had just started a new video streaming program, had some bottlenecking issues with my CPU uh, before that thing blew up, which we'll get to here in a second. It wasn't a great segment. But it was good enough. And the Macklemores, they like to talk. They like to talk a lot. <laughs> That's right. And the one thing that really stuck with me through that interview that I really appreciate is I did ask the question about manufacturing offshore. I mean, they don't manufacture anything here in the States. And he said it. Uh, John Sr. said it. The one thing that he answered honestly was that, hey, we take everything offshore. We want to remain at a price point that everybody can get at. We want to offer as good of technology that we can pack in here, but we have to manufacture overseas and we ship it all in. We warehouse it in here and then we ship it out to the dealers and you know stores, big boxes, blah, blah, blah. But I think if you look back, Masterbuilt Gravity Feed Cooker was one of the hotter items of 2020 and we talked about that. With John and John. Uh, Dr. Barbecue came back on the show in April and we talked about him being added to the Barbecue Hall of Fame's uh, names committee. It did not help me. Andrew, you are not. It did not help me get into the Barbecue Hall of Fame in 2020. We knew that because Daniel Vaughn had predicted it months before. Ben Arnott from the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast came on for the first time. We talked about his show, how it won Best Barbecue Podcast at the NBBQA Awards in 2020. 
and how barbecue has grown over in Australia the past handful of years since he started doing the show. By the way, fun fact, Ben Arnott is like a karate master, so uh, he is not one to be trifled with, let's just say it like that, and we will leave it right there. Jess Pryles appeared on the show in April, and we talked about her new cook-along concept that she was doing through the social media platform. She did one on YouTube. She also did one on Facebook. She gave you a shopping list of things to get prior to cooking on whatever day and time she had mentioned and then streamed live and everybody was cooking together and enjoying cocktails together. It was a great concept. I think she only did it twice, though. Uh, But everybody was doing something different during these pandemic times, especially in April since it was new. Uh, This was also the segment where she took Meathead and Dr. Blonder to task a bit about resting meat and how their conclusions or thoughts or guesses were not real lab scenario experiments as far as testing was concerned. And she also talked a bit about meat glue in that segment as well. So if you're not familiar with meat glue, go into the April shows and search or just search Jess Pryles in the search field on the homepage. It will bring it up or search Jess Pryles meat glue. It will probably bring up that exact episode in April. There were rumors of a bigger pit barrel cooker coming out in 2020. Remember me saying that? Also in April, as we started closing it out, heading into May, the second installment of the American Idol Barbecue Central show happened. That's right. John Solberg was eliminated in the first round as we were singing Jailbreak. And then in this version, we were singing our own songs. I thought I kept one. Evidently, I didn't. That's all right. Uh, I sang Wishing Well. Ricer sang some song that he talked. I think it was The Ghetto. And of course, as we played last week, uh, Doug sang Jesse's Girl, which evidently is a cult favorite. Uh, Not Rick Springsfield versions. Doug's version is a cult favorite. So we were heavy into the whole deal there with American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition. Then we move into May. Saw a bonus content segment with Kevin Green from the Butcher Shop in Pensacola because remember this in May? We were talking about meat shortages. We were going to be running out of meat. There was going to be no meat at the grocery store. There's no meat at the big box stores. Everyone was worried back then. There didn't end up being a shortage per se. There was just not enough people to process the meat that needed to be processed. Corona infections were on the rise, especially in these meat processing plants. So if you were slaughtering 50 head of whatever it is that you were slaughtering that day and you could only do 20, 30 were stacking up every day. You couldn't process it all. The meat shortage. Remember the meat shortage of 2020? That happened in May. Let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue before we get back to May. May. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Offering premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, and manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu as well. Rusty, you're opening a food truck? Southside Sausage can be on your menu when you open, when you're ready. 
a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options are available, shipping nationwide through FedEx or food service distribution like Cisco, U.S. Foods, or Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable for research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipes or help you develop something brand new. Private label opportunities are also available. How exciting is that? Visit southsidemarket.com for more information. When you're there, piling up the shopping cart, you can get 10% off your entire order each and every time you visit southsidemarket.com when you use promo code BBQCentral. All one word and lowercase, no spaces, BBQCentral. 10% off your entire order. We are back with the year in review. Continuing on. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Monthly visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com. Tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. And we are almost halfway through the year, May 2020. In May, one of the biggest barbecue events each year, Memphis in May, was canceled. I also spoke with Darren Worth that show from Iowa Smokey D's. And while he was planning another run at Memphis in May, that was dashed, obviously. He did mention that during this point in the pandemic, his restaurants were actually doing very good business. It was obviously uh, mostly takeout and uh, drop-off catering, things like this versus dining in. But uh, much like a lot of the live fire industry, and especially barbecue restaurants that uh, saw a lot of uh, fast, casual service were doing a pretty well given the circumstances. Also in May, the Barbecue Hall of Fame added a new announcement exclusive to the show. Emily Park announced the nine semifinalists right here before they distributed their electronic alerts across the Internet and through various newswire platforms. We did it right here on this show. Three of those names would make up the 2020 class, and that was going to be found out a little later in the month. Meathead was a part of those nine semifinalist names again. Would he get in this year? Stay tuned on the recap. In May, the State Cookoff Association held a competition steak cookoff in Utah, and I had the host of the Pitmaster podcast on to talk about the experience because they went and cooked it. Steak continued to hold events from that point on. That To me, that seemed to be a floodgate or a watershed or a tipping point, however you want to talk about it. That seemed to be the measuring stick on are we going to press ahead with SCA events or after this, are we going to back off? 
And they pressed ahead, full steam ahead. I didn't see many. Were there any SCA events that even got canceled after that? I I probably don't think so. So they were running a full slate pretty much from then on. Also that month, we had a Barbecue Hall of Fame roundtable show where I had Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly, Ray Lampy, who had just recently been added to the Names Committee, and one of our show pals and favorites, Adrian Miller, the soul food cook. We came on and talked about Ray added to the committee and what those two thought about that. And then, of course, we talked more in depth about the nine semifinalists. And then I concluded that roundtable by asking everybody who they were going to be voting for. But, of course, nobody answered me, which is fine. Noah Glanville from Pit Barrel Cooker was a guest in May and showed us around the, and this was an exclusive look, by the way, of the Pit Barrel Cooker lifestyle room in Louisville. They had also just recently settled a big lawsuit with one of their now former competitors, that being Barrel House Cookers. And Noah mentioned the PBX, vaguely high level, no release dates, no price points, nothing other than the cooker would probably be in that 50-gallon range. But aside from talking about it, it never officially launched in 2020. Also in May, the Embedded Correspondent segment focused on who we would pick for the 2020 class for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. More importantly, the finale of the Barbecue Central Show American Idol Edition took place. It was against me and Jeff Rice. We sang a produced duet. If you missed the show last week, you're getting up to speed now. If you watched the show last week, it's a little bit of a repeat, but we're doing this show in chronological order this week. Again, we sang a duet that was produced. The big and rich smash hit, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, or or I changed the words at the very end of the song, Save a Horse, Eat a... I'm sorry. uh, What was it? Eat a Horse. (laughs) Eat a Horse, Save a Cowboy. And then, not to be outdone with the produced duet, which I'm still mind-blown that we actually pulled that off, we sang live. Jeff's like in Wisconsin, and I'm in Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, and the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Oh, by the way, Cleveland also evidently is like outlaw biker gang that I never knew about, capital of the world. Different story for a different day. We sang live right here on the show. I sang an R&B show to get outside of the box, and it failed. Jeff sang Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash, and uh, he he boat raced me. Those votes came in fast and furious. Not a one for me for at least 48 hours. Boat race. Incredible. The Barbecue Hall of Fame class was officially announced in May. Aaron Franklin, Joe Don Davidson, and Desiree Robinson all made the cut, making up the 2020 class that was May 27th, when it was originally announced. I didn't get it into the podcast feed until June 6th, so if you want to hear that, make sure you go into June. It's June 6th. You will actually see that listed into the podcast feed. Now we officially go into June. We're halfway through the year now. Aaron Franklin came on to talk about his newly minted status as Barbecue Hall of Famer, although he didn't realize that he was even in the running again this year until I had texted him 
minutes before the names were going to be revealed saying, hey, if you're on, can I call you for immediate reaction? And he said, hey, neat. Uh, If I'm around and I'm available, I'll definitely take that call. Uh, We also talked about how his business was doing through the pandemic at that point. Never landed Joe Don Davidson for an interview, unfortunately. I also tried to line up Desiree Robinson and I from Cozy Corner Barbecue in Tennessee, and I had it lined up. But there ended up being a miscommunication over time zone differences, and I ended up speaking with Desiree's daughter, Val Bradley, instead. Now, why that might sound like a, a bit of a anticlimactic conversation, it ended up being quite a delightful fun-filled conversation perhaps even better in a certain degree because val was well entrenched into the whole cozy corner restaurant working there uh, now obviously full-time being high level there uh, having kids uh, her kids that are working there many generations uh, running through there so to get her perspective on her mom and the work that she had put in and into the restaurant after the husband passed away and now getting into the Barbiola fame. That was a pretty unique conversation. That was June 2nd in the feed. If you want to go back and check that out, it was really cool. Uh, the beginning of June also revealed the winner of the three-month-long American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition. And while I had hoped to win the whole thing, unfortunately, it did not turn out in my favor. As I had mentioned a couple minutes ago, Jeff Rice from Dead Broke Barbecue took me to task. And I expect him, Jeff, this is a call out. I expect you to defend your title in 2021. So when the invitations go out, uh, don't hit the spam label on me. You have to defend the title. Also in June, Sam the Cooking Guy and I got into it when I told him he should have ordered an initial run of 500,000 knives so he would have had plenty in stock Instead of running out as he did very quickly, uh, we uh, agreed to disagree on that. Uh, Basically, he disagreed with me, and that was all the conversation that took place. But to me, having 2 million subscribers, having 500,000 knives, I mean, it just made proper business sense. You would want to have ample stock, not run out. He saw it a different way. It's his business, not mine. I was just giving my opinion. Uh, Dane Neal from On the Road with Dane on WGN in Chicago, the Power Blowtorch 720, came on in June to talk about his new, remember this? This happened this year, a barbecue pay-per-view concept called Barbecue Fight Club. This was a live event that was going to cover, I think it was six teams, not 16, six teams at an undisclosed location. We will call it Youngstown, Ohio, during the pandemic. No one seems to be sure how well it actually did in the grand scheme. There did seem to be some stream issues. There were a number of folks who felt like they were duped a bit as it was billed as a live event, but obviously the cooking portion was all done beforehand. But a first, nonetheless, barbecue pay-per-view event. Do you remember that? Did you buy it? Did you watch just the free version of them talking around the fire? Or did you get down and uh, if it was like 20 bucks or whatever it was, or 10 bucks, I forget exactly what the ticket was on that. 
But that was a first barbecue pay-per-view. Dane Neal from On the Road with Dane. A principal steak person in that. Uh, steak, no pun intended, by the way. In June, Meathead learned. Uh, uh, yeah, Meathead learned that he did not make it into the Barbecue Hall of Fame again. John Marcus made an appearance on the show in June. Emmy Award winning John Marcus. The executive producer of the Cosby show and its best years ever. He talked a bit about the coronavirus. We talked about streaming shows versus traditional TV shows. And we also talked about the concept of the barbecue pay-per-view. John, always a great guest, so... If you missed that, you want to go back and check out the conversation I had with John Marcus in June. Dave Bosca came on the show in June and announced Barbecue Mud. Now, I have since followed up with Dave on how well Barbecue Mud did amidst the times that we are in this year. And he said it was easily the most successful launch of a product that he has had, like not even close. It's, it was success right off the bat. So if you didn't know about it, Barbecue Mud is a product uh, made for beef, and it comes in one of those already made shake jars. It's not a rub, and you can just pour it right on the meat. Uh, originally became famous through the Barbecue Pitmasters television show, and he finally got it to market, got it to a point where he felt comfortable releasing it to the general public. And he said it has been a bona fide killer as far as success is concerned. So congratulations to Dave on that product release. And again, that was June. Okay, we're still getting through halfway through the first part of the year. Uh, one of my best pals, Ted Reeder, came back on the show in June, announced he was partnering with a pal of his to do a barbecue trailer at a golf course where he lives in Canada. Do you remember that? He did seem a little bit cabin feverish when we spoke helping the kids with homework and doing a lot of stuff at home because nobody was doing anything back then uh, ted travels a lot during the year uh, teaches at university and does a lot of appearances product development off-site all of that was shut down all of that was canceled so he got his creative juices flowing again uh, working that barbecue trailer First-time guest to the show, Brad Stewart, came on in June, and we learned about the product Crisby, the cast iron seasoning, which, by the way, I have fallen completely in love with. I actually went out and bought two new cast iron pans in as many weeks because I knew I had finally found a product that was going to keep them in tip-top shape, easy to use, worth the money, all that stuff. Uh, uh, totally unsponsored, just my undying support for this product. It's, it's absolutely great. If you have cast iron and you don't use Crisby, you should give it a try at least once. Get the one that looks like a deodorant stick. I also have Crisby cream, which is nice to use, but I love it. Also in June, Robin Lindars, the grill girl, had her Instagram account hacked. Uh -oh. Remember that? She talked about going through the process of trying to get it back into her possession. She talked about how not easy that was. Andrew, you are not, not easy to get back into your possession. That's right. Not easy. Really hard to talk to somebody. It was not easy 
the other takeaway from Robin's lesson here on or recounting of her getting her Instagram hacked, turn on your two-factor authentication to make it harder for the kooks to take your accounts and ruin all of your hard work. Pizziola of the universe. Matt Frampton was a guest on the show in June, and he announced his pizza dough products. Those are tremendous. They're my favorite. That might be my favorite product release of the year. Barbecue, food, hardware, you name it. The Urban Slicer Pizza Work Pizza Dough releases may have been my product of the year favorite in 2020. Uh, A little later on, he introduced sauce to the market. The sauce is exceptional. The only thing I don't like is the fact that it's sold in eight ounce cans, but I'm over it. I'll buy it by the case every time. I don't care. It tastes great. The pizza dough works great. It's super simple. If you got four hours to let it rise, you're fine. I'm telling you, it's great. If you haven't tried it, it is so good. Huge fan of Matt Frampton's products. Ryan Zabril from Pits and Spits came on the show for the first time, and we talked about his partnering with the show, which they did, and we talked about the history of Pits and Spits and how it has been bought and sold uh, actually a number of times since back in the 80s when it started, I think. And we also talked about their growth into the pellet cooker market. I think he said they were selling 90 or 95% pellet cookers at this point. This coming from a company that had its roots and made its bones an offset. So that speaks to a bit of where the pellet industry is in 2020. Now we're starting to make the turn into the second half of the year, July 2020. July, of course, the best month of the year because that was the year, uh, the month I was born. Susie and Todd Bullock from Hagra. Remember, they came on the show this year. It seems like July was five years ago. Susie and Todd Bullock came on the show for the first time as a pair to be interviewed. We were going to hype Susie's new Food Network pilot, which we did, but they had to remain fairly tight-lipped since it was technically not cleared by the Food Network ahead of time. Uh, It was a good show. It didn't appear to get picked up for any more episodes in 2020, though. And I will levy this charge against Food Network. Those fuckfaces are really weird people. There have been some really good shows that were one show, never to be seen and heard from again. Like, what do you need? You don't have that many good shows. You know how many shows you're running on the Food Network right now? You're running mostly guys, drivers, divins, and dives, which I love. I'll watch it all day long. But between guys... Drives and Dives, and Re the Pioneer Woman. What else do you have? Not much. Susie's show would have been good if it's right there, somewhere in between Guy and Re Susie. I'm not Susie's agent, by the way. I thought it should have been picked up. In July, Malcolm Reed regaled us with a horrible fishing trip charter that he took with Heath Riles and some other dudes, where Heath yanked first and then Malcolm got caught up in the circle of yanking on the charter and couldn't stop. It was vomit after vomit after vomit after vomit hours on end. Tremendous. Mike McLeod from the World Food Championship announced that he had just purchased the Competitive Chili Association or whatever it's called and that at that point in July he still had plans 
to run the World Food Championships in 2020 in Dallas. Still on the docket in July was going to happen. Sam, the cooking guy, was on crossing over the 2 million subscriber mark, cooked a 20-pound cheeseburger on the show, and it was, in my estimation, still as I look back, one of the best videos that he he did because there was a terrible faux pas in flipping one of those burgers. He cooked four or five-pound burgers, and one of them caved in and caught on fire. It was majestic. But he saved it. It ended up looking great. It was huge. That was fun. Also in July, I moved homes. And when I moved homes and reset up everything down here in the basement, my computer blew up the day before the show was going to come back live. So that put me off for another week while I got a new tower and had that set up properly. We thank Jeff Bitch from Maverick Solutions in Mentor for helping me out with that. Now I'm back and better than ever. Also, Mike Lang came back on to close out July. We talk a lot about steak and the best way to cook it. So there's at least two episodes during 2020 if you want to go back to learn about steak. Look for Mike Lang in July and then look for the Embedded Correspondence segment in January or whenever the hell I said it was. That closes out July. We got August and the balance of Q4 to go. Green Mountain Grills, you know it talked about them earlier Jason Baker was on earlier in the year we talked about the differences between the choice and the prime line I'll do it for you real quickly right here if you want easy entry you don't want a lot of tech you don't need all the extra bells and whistles you're a little frugal with your cash because guess what things suck right now still they're gonna suck for a little longer but you want a great pellet cook the choice line is right for you Jim Bowie's the bigger one Daniel Boone's the mid-size Either one fits the pizza oven insert. You should get that no matter what. Now, if you want to spend a couple extra bucks or you've had a really good year, whatever, you want Wi-Fi connectivity because you want to use the app, you want two internal meat probes, you want some of those windows that look in through the main cooking chamber, the pellet hopper. Hey, great. No problem. Get the Prime line. You want to up the ante even more? Get the Prime Plus. Got headlamps in the cooking chamber. How about that? It's got a fold-down front shelf instead of the affixed front shelf like the regular Prime has. Go to GreenMountainGrills.com and find out where there is a dealer near you. They only are sold through dealers. So if you can get to a dealer right now, talk to them. They'll get you educated. You can take it home and be a success right out of the box. They also have rubs and all this other stuff for sale as well. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And again, don't forget the pizza oven. You need it. You want it. And we're back right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion brought to you by Smithfield throughout the grilling season. You can get tips and tricks from world champ pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Charles Cridlin. Also, head on over to smokingwithsmithfield.com where you can potentially get in on the Committed Cooks program. We'll find out more about that next month as 
Smithfield is also renewed for 2021. I think I alluded to that earlier. So looking forward to that. Uh, we are now into August because Mike Lang closed out July talking about steak. Uh, Malcolm Reed was back on the show early part of August, and he talked about the YouTube channel How to Barbecue Right crossed over the million subscriber mark. That's right. That happened this year about midway through, and we talked about that particular benchmark and what it meant for him and his wife, Rochelle. We did a little background again about how he got started into that and you know, a little look back on the whole How to Barbecue Right life and genesis. First-time guest to the show, Steve DeShazer from Lion Energy came on to talk about their solar power power options for all of us live fire cookers. And I thought this might have been a bigger product in 2020, but perhaps 2021 will be more of a breakout year for them amongst the live fire industry. I'm not saying that it wasn't successful. There did seem to be uh, quite a length of time, literally days before he showed up on my show where they were out of stock. They were doing a lot of private label stuff. I believe Steve said they were starting to run that back a little bit and uh, take control to resell it on their own again through some of the big box stores and whatnot. But Lion Energy, that was a great conversation. So uh, again, if you were looking for something that was a little bit more green and uh, didn't require a gasoline generator, depending on what kind of a load you're running, Lion Energy might have been an option for you. So check them out. Also in August, Sean Walchef from Cali. BBQ Media announced his expansion during the COVID crisis through the use of something called ghost kitchens, a term I was not overly familiar with at that point. So we discussed the idea and what a ghost kitchen is, how they were going to implement that. Sean also told told us about how they really became successful over this pandemic, learning to run lean as a staff. And, of course, leveraging their social media, which they talked about earlier in the year when Stover was on as well during that bonus content in March. Also in August, specifically August 13th, I spoke with first-time guest Terrell Miller. Remember Terrell Miller? Remember that conversation? Anyone in the chat know why I'm getting so fired up about having Terrell Miller on? If you're not aware, I was listening to a Pitmasters podcast episode. They had Terrell on. And they were talking specifically about SCA judging. And she said that she scored down, like audio on tape that I had, that she scores down specifically for a steak not having grill marks. So, Terrell came on the show to explain her position. Well, I asked her. And she came on to explain her position. And in the end... If you go back and listen to it, she walked it back quite a bit. It was a fun segment. She's a very accomplished judge. I wanted to have her on through the year, just like I want to have other people on or other people back through the year, and then things just get away from me. So I want to talk to her. She's uh, like one of the head judges at World Food Championships, very accomplished. Also a very accomplished competitive cook, especially when it comes to Dutch oven cooking. So we'll try and get her back on in 2021, but that's why I was so jazz to have her on August 13th so I could take her to task on her saying I scored down on grill marks, which is totally against the judge. In August also, the emergence of Chori Pollo came into vogue. That's right. 50% off margarita for everybody. 
guacamole for free with your chips. Can I interest you in some sopapillas for dessert? That's right. Chori pollo came into vogue and t- never for the rest of the year took its foot off the gas. It has been chori pollo all the way out. I continue to get chori pollo emails from the listeners. They're at restaurants, Mexican restaurants, and taking pictures of the menu where it says chori pollo. Sam, the cooking guy, made a chori pollo flatbread after pounding me unmercifully for months on end. The chori pollo isn't real Mexican food, whatever the hell that means. Chori pollo is a thing in 2020. So much so, even longest-running embedded correspondent from Texas, Doug Scheiding, made his own chori pollo tacos or whatever the hell he made the other day. It's a thing. Chori pollo is a thing. You didn't know it was a thing. You laughed at me when I said it was a thing. It's a thing, and it will continue into 2021. First-time guest to the show. All that for six pieces of barbecue. Chris Schaefer uh, and Pitmaster of Heavy Smoke came on to talk about the competition season in 2020. By the way, he finished third overall team of the year this year. And what it was like hosting his own podcast, which I was a fan of. By the way, if you go back and look, May 19th was his last new episode. Chris, what the fuck? What are you doing? Opening a restaurant or things like this, taking your time. <laughs> a lot of big fans out there of all that for six pieces, especially the barbecue folks. They really like like the competition folks. There was a bonus content released in the feed in August. I was a guest on the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Ryan in Canada had me on as a guest, and I aired that over my feed. That was a fun conversation. So if you like Canadian barbecue talk, check out Ryan at Eat More Barbecue. Closing out the month, the Embedded Correspondents and I did the review of the Subway Rib Sandwich. That was the thing back then, remember? The Subway Rib Sando. We also learned that 75% of the embedded correspondents and myself cover their grills. Covering your grills became a hotly debated topic on the show for like a month or so. Do you cover your grills? Some of you do. Most of you do. Some of you don't. Maybe it's 50-50. But I figure if I say it enough, I will shame you secretly into covering your grills. Then we move into September. Mike McLeod came back on the show in September to announce that, indeed, the 2020 World Food Championships was also going to fall victim to COVID-19, and it was not... Andrew, you are not... It was not going to happen. 75% of the embedded correspondents the week before said that it was not going to happen. I bet all of my $200 on Mike McLeod to pull it off. If I said, if anybody can pull this off, it's going to be Mike McLeod. He could do it. It was not in the cards. After years of watching Sam the Cooking Guy and oogling at his watch, I finally hit the internet and sourced the same one that he was wearing and bought it because I'm a watch geek. And obviously, I love the watch. And yes, I felt closer to Sam for that moment. And no, it's not weird. 
that I bought the same watch that he has because I liked it. I mean, if you see something that somebody has and you like it, you'd probably go on and buy it too. It's not weird that I bought the same watch that another guy has at all. It's not weird. Also, in September, Meathead schooled us on twig cooking and what the hell toothfish actually is and that we need to watch out for scams that include the name Chilean sea bass because people will screw you on that. You won't even be any of the wise. But he didn't tell us what toothfish was. Those terms are related, I guess. Also in September, Jess Pryles went back to college for a master's certificate at the University of Iowa's meat science program. We also talked about the just keep flipping method. Remember that? That was a thing in 2020 as well. She was really championing that at the time. Still a champion that way of grilling steaks as we get ready to close 2020. But when I had her on in September, it was really starting to hit its stride. She was doing videos on it and all that stuff. Also, first timer to the show in September, Brian Schaff from Certified Angus Beef was a guest here on the show. We talked about the brand and what they do for the meat industry. I still feel like we're clearing hurdles. Like it took forever to get together in the first place, even though they're an hour away from my house. What? I said they're an hour away from my house. We finally get together. There's going to be love affair, of course, but of course, COVID hits. We can't do anything together. I can't go down to the culinary cooking center or anything like that. The horror. In the September 12th bonus content segment, I gave out my top secret rib recipe. It was very graphic in nature. I held nothing back. Some said it was almost pornographic with the amount that I exposed and let out. But hey, I'm here to help. So September 12th bonus content, if you need a great rib recipe, I let it all hang out on that rib recipe bonus content episode. Uh, Stephen Reichland came on in September, told him what it was like to shoot his Project Fire TV show under newly implemented COVID-19 restrictions that were self-imposed by him and the crew. Daniel Vaughn also came back on in September, and we talked about a new project that was happening in meat in the meatworks in the meatworks lab grown beef brisket yes real ass meat not beyond meat or impossible meat or anything like that but real ass meat being grown in a dish that was september 15th of this year remember when we talked about lab grown beef brisket they're growing it I forget exactly what the grow time was. It's not totally official, like in production, where you're going to see it sitting next to uh, harvested briskets. But it's getting there, I guess. First time guest and someone who I had been chasing for over a year, and evidently one of Doug Shiding's favorites, Kevin Bloodsoe from Bloodsoe's Barbecue appeared. We talked about his time on the American Barbecue Showdown. We also talked about barbecue in general and if he would ever serve plant-based meat offerings on his menu, and he said no. Longtime friend of the show and pitmaster of Lady of Q, Sylvie Curry came on. That was this year, too. 
She was a contestant on the American Barbecue Showdown, finishing third overall in that contest, which was great. As it relates to that show, I gave my full take on the show and what it did or did not bring to the table. Spoiler alert, I wasn't a fan, especially of the two hosts. I'm not talking about judges, Kevin and Melissa. I'm talking about those hosts, Rutledge, somebody, and the lady. What was her name? Harmony or Birdie, whatever. (laughs) Weird. You know what else we did in September? The Embedded Correspondents and I did our yearly Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Fame arguments and ultimate inductions, making it in this year. Rod Gray, Susie Bullock, George Motes, Pat LaFrida, Lene Oxley-Loop, rounding out your class. Rod Gray also made an appearance on the show after a roughly three-year hiatus, and we talked about his inclusion in the Guest Hall of Fame. As I just mentioned, we talked about Guy Fieri still being in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and Rod announced without any heads up to me or the audience that he had recently beat prostate cancer. Like, that was breaking news here on the show, something he hadn't revealed to anyone up until that point. That was the September 29th edition of the show. And we ended the month of September talking with first-time guest and my newest man crush to date, Rashid Phillips from Phillips Barbecue Company. Rashid was the runner-up to Tina Cannon on the American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix. So if you haven't watched that and you like competition barbecue or at least what pitmasters look like the last handful of years, you would want to get Netflix and check that out. We talked about how we got onto the show, his experience on the show, and what it was going on from a business standpoint after winning during the COVID period. And uh, now we're getting into the last quarter of the year That's right, October. Ah, yes. And then there was October, which we'll get to here in just a second. October won't take very long, or it will take very long, one or the other. I haven't made up my mind yet. I'll talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, the longest-running sponsor of the show, always believing outdoor cooking should be easy and fun, because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. That means smarter control and greater freedom with an automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. And you can check out the Ultra Q or the Dyna-Q. I think the last couple times I said Dyna-Q. That's totally wrong. Ultra Q. Ultra Q was the higher level. Dyna-Q is taking over for the Party Q. Uh, but if you have a controller already and you're getting one of these monoliths, just hook it up to the fan that's on there and away you go. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or you can visit thebbqguru.com and check out everything that they have there on the website. It's the Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. And this portion being brought to you by The Smoke Sheet. 
free weekly newsletter keeping you in the know. Go to bbqnewsletter.com and sign up. Once again, it's all for free. A great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. So as I had mentioned, October, a complete and total departure for the show from a format standpoint. I had long thought about doing more involved pieces with my recurring guests for a while, but just didn't have a concept figured out. And then October came, and I settled on a strategy and thus ushered in a month-long installment of what we called Barbecue Origin Stories. And I went in order of usual appearance time slots and did a complete deep dive with each guest going all the way back to birth, bringing it to present day. And in between those bookends, we explored each guest's childhood, family life, culinary introductions, school experience, life successes, all of that. Because really, and as I had pointed out all the way back in the beginning of the year, there are people these days that are quick to discount anybody's success. Uh, It's overnight. There's no credit for harm work. So this was going to show you in detail that there have been years put into this, and you see how many of the guests have things in common, especially hard work and dedication and crafting their expertise. Also, it showed you that a lot of my guests had things in common with each other that I had no idea. Uh, Malcolm Reed, for instance, local wrestling at the Pizza Hut after hours, was also going to school originally to be a pharmacist. Stephen Reichlin had a dad and a, a family lineage of pharmacists. So he and Stephen Reichlin, Malcolm and Stephen Reichlin, uh, together in that aspect. Uh, Sam the cooking guy dealing with a terrible older brother, getting him into drugs, buying into a frozen yogurt business later in life, having sex on tables of the business, selling it, moving into San Diego, ultimately becoming the YouTube sensation that he is today. Stephen Reichlin talking about a ballet dancing mother that mysteriously and suddenly passed away at an early age. A father not overly thrilled with his career choices. Stephen meeting his wife, Linda, navigating the blended family from his side and her side. Landing the first big book deal, hosting TV shows, the list goes on. Robin Lindar's journey, coming to terms, living in a family where you know the dad traveled around a lot to pick up jobs. Uh, She working a day job and also trying to get the Grill Girl website off the ground, recovering from getting married to some guy too early and then going through that divorce, ultimately meeting Scott, the love of her life, and managing a kid and a job and a burgeoning GrillGirl.com all at the same time. Then getting to know Derek Riches from remote beginnings in Utah, living off the land working for about.com and making a killing off their pay plan, then moving out on his own, putting all of his content on DerekRiches.com, falling in love with his wife in college, getting together for the first time, uh, not that way, but dating, but a quick romance, soon married, all that fun stuff. And of course, uh, learning about my embedded correspondence, Rusty Monson, also growing up in Utah, not being a Mormon, not Andrew, you are not, not a Mormon. How that affected his friendships with other kids who were Mormon. How he and his siblings grew up together. Rusty being a free spirit, experienced quite a bit of tragic loss in his high school years. Freely traveling and 
working to make money in the restaurant industry, but just going where the mood took him. Ultimately meeting his wife, a much younger woman than he would have normally dated, that he said. And he worked with her as well. And at that time, he was not big on dating co-workers, but he threw caution to the wind as well, culminating in his working and managing restaurants and then getting into the barbecue world. Then he and his wife flip work and uh, parenting responsibilities. He becomes a full-time parent. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We ain't even near done yet, son. I run, Did I run out of time? Let me tip these off so that doesn't happen again. I just back off theme music. Uh, he and his wife flip work and parenting responsibilities. He becomes a full-time parent as she climbs the ladder of success at a MLM makeup company. And now he's on the verge of opening a barbecue trailer. That was a fun and exciting conversation. And, of course, with Doug Shiding, a military brat, having moved uh, damn near 78 times before the age of 10, had a dad who was uh, one-way, open and loving prior to going to Vietnam, serving as a war pilot, and then having a much more reserved and kind of angry dad. Changed father after coming back from the war, of course. And how that relationship changed and developed over the years. He was quite an exceptional athlete, Doug was. Especially tennis. He was a great student. Finished first in his class at Texas A&M. Was ranked the best aerospace engineer student in the country at graduation. At Texas A&M. Met his pet squirrel-keeping to-be wife. And the love story that unfolded there. And eventually... How we got into barbecue, how we got the name for Roe Cookers, how we got on with Traeger. And then, of course, uh, closing out Meathead. And as Diane Mee had mentioned, uh, that was her favorite for the year was the origin story of Meathead. You know, for as many years as he has been coming on the show, Meathead continues to surprise me with new stories and events of his life. The paper Gator story that he wrote at University of Florida, his initial introductions into real barbecue down there, running liquor stores during college and then afterwards meeting his wife who was a cashier at one of those liquor stores that he was managing, being the wine critic for Chicago Tribune and Washington Post, starting beer and spirit tasting institutes, unknowingly at the time getting Grey Goose on the map, like single-handedly getting Grey Goose on the map. That was Meathead and his beverage tasting institute. So much more. There still needs to be one with John Solberg. That's probably going to happen in 2021, I guarantee. Quite frankly, it might be the best one yet. So stay tuned for that as we close out October. And then we move to November. Malcolm Rees announced that he and one of his coworkers at How to Barbecue Right uh, were not only opening up a retail store, but they were starting a new YouTube channel reviewing products and getting away from their usual format that you've come to know and love. Brad Leiniger from Getting Basted won the 2020 KCBS Team of the Year in Competition Barbecue. Strange on many fronts as far as uh, Competition Barbecue is concerned this year, of course. It appears not to be gaining much more interest in popularity to regain its former luster, but uh, Brad came on to talk about the race that it was and how everything was packed in in a very short time frame, how it ended earlier than it ever had this year in November. I put the word out in November that... In December, McRib was coming back, and it was going to be a nationwide rollout. Sam the Cooking Guy announced that he not only had more of his original Nakiri knives back 
in stock in November, but he had added an 8-inch chef's knife, an offset serrated slicing-slash-bread knife, and a 4-inch paring knife. And having used them for the last month or so, I have to say, they are freaking great. That's also something you should be buying. Also in November, Meat had announced that he had decided to get into the rub-making and selling business. He was partnering with Old, Old World Spices to make his signature line of what will be three rubs. We talked about his why now. Are you getting into the rub business with everything else that's currently available? That happened in November. Can you believe it? Seems like three years ago. There was also bonus content released with Nick Bauer from Primo Grills. A very interesting story to hear how that whole thing transpires and how he's kind of born into the business. Not something he was looking to rush into immediately, but eventually... Uh, or earlier than he anticipated taking over the reins and now trying to take Primo uh, Primo to the next level over the next uh, 12 to 24 months and beyond. The segment that was voted best of the 2020 by the Embedded Correspondents and myself, first-time guest Rodney Scott came on, and I have to say, as far as bookings in 2020, might have been one of the best guests, and it ended up being a great interview. Actually, it exceeded my expectations by a lot. Also, Rodney casually mentions on the way out of the interview that he's getting ready to put out a new book. Nice. Did you forget that Todd Smith from Two Smoking Buttheads came on the show for the first time in November and talked about winning the second annual KCBS World Invitational? That actually took place. We wondered if that was going to be the last of the big ones that might get axed because of COVID, but that actually took place. We also Talked about South Carolina barbecue and his restaurants, Two Smoking Buttheads. There was another bonus segment released in November where I caught up with the owner, Christian, of Uni Pizza Ovens. Derek Riches mentioned in November that Kamado Joe was uh, selling currently a pellet-fired a pellet fired ceramic cooker. And then, of course, closing out the month, I ended up planting my flag in the ground during the embedded correspondence segment on the side of Nickelback. And if... You don't plant your flag on the sign of Nickelback either. I don't know what to say. You just hate good music. It's your problem, not mine, that you don't like Nickelback. I think you're falling into a a brainwash scenario where you feel like you have to say that you hate Nickelback, but I'm here to help you. You don't have to say it. You can say, I love Nickelback, because guess what? I love Nickelback, too. You can love them as well. Then we get into December as we're closing out the year. We started the month out with a bang. Burger Meister of the Universe and Barbecue Hall of Famer, Guest Hall of Famer. George Motes came on to give his acceptance speech for the Guest Hall of Fame. We also talked about his 25 or 27-pound heritage breed turkey that he spit-roasted for Thanksgiving. He also gave us a history lesson on patty melts, which really sounded like they started out as a akin to Reuben sandwiches. And through the minutes of that conversation, as we talked about burgers, he also said I had a child's palate when it comes to burgers, because I like ketchup on them. So we agree to disagree. Also this month, first-time guest and Cleveland native, though now residing in L.A., the bad Jew Rebecca King came on. We talked about how she wound up in L.A. doing pork strami. First-time guest and new sponsor to the show, Ed Riley from B&B Charcoal came on. That was this month. And we talked about his background in the industry, which we learned was expansive. And finally landed with B&B, gave us a history of 
B&B. We talked in depth about lumps and briquettes, and charcoal and all that stuff, which was great. College football writer for The Athletic, Andy Staples, was a guest on this show in December, and we talked about the bet we had made for and against the Cleveland Browns in the NFL season. He won, and I had to pay him in brisket, which I sent him a Wagyu brisket from the butcher shop in Pensacola. We also talked about college football in 2020 and what it might look like in 2021. Then the most recent, uh, I'm sorry, then the most reacted to segment of the year. Robin the Grill Girl Lindars having her usually good segment. And then right at the end, I brought up the coronavirus vaccine and off she went. Uh If you missed the segment, you owe it to yourself to go back and check it out. Really? Check it out. Then last week, we close it out with another great visit from Sterling Ball to Lee. Derek Riches was saying, hey, in 2021, as the year turns, we could be seeing quite a bit of lawsuiting going on. And it's going to be Traeger suing, and they are in the midst of, uh, in litigation already, about Wi-Fi connectivity. They filed a patent. They believe they are going to be able to take other manufacturers to task on this. And litigation is coming in 2021. He also said that he thought 2021 was going to be the year that Weber uh, sells again. So we'll see about that. And we close it out with the embedded correspondence and I submitting and deciding on a best soundbite moment of 2020, which ended up being Rodney Scott's, as I had mentioned a couple minutes ago, talking about his relationship with his dad. That is 2020 in review. Is that enough for you? Can you believe that we covered that much ground in the last 12 months? When I was putting it together, I was absolutely shocked. I mean, I know I try and put together a good show each and every week. But the amount of good first-time guests and good recurring guests and bonus content and things mixed in between And the caller said it. It's not just me patting myself on the back. The show is better than ever. We continue to drive forward. I want to continue to bring you the best stuff in 2021. New guests, maybe some new recurring guests, maybe some new quarterly recurring guests. Uh, But you tell me what you want to hear, and I also want to structure the show around that as well because really it's up to you. If you're not listening, at some point the show goes away. So I want to make sure you're getting the content that you want to hear. Email me, greg at the BBQ Central Show, and let me know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, suggestions. Don't tell me that you want me to get rid of the sound effects. I'm not listening to that. I'm open to everything else, but I'm not listening to that. I have uh, many times warned you with peace and love, peace and love. that peace I am not love. giving the sound effects up. I'm not going to do it. I'm warning you with peace and love. I'm warning you with peace and love. I'm not giving them away, and I say that with peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Let's not talk about everything else I'm open to. It's fine. Believe it or not, we are locked and loaded for next week. Big show. Here's how I want to lead the year. Thanks for hanging with me through 2020, first and foremost. I love the support. I love the listenership, whether you're doing it live or on podcast, and most of you still do it through podcasts, and that's fine. 
Live listeners, I love you the most. I've said it for a year. It's been a great year. I hope that you are safe at the end of this week in many respects. Don't go too hard into the new year. Do it right. Do it safe. In many ways, do it safe. And next Tuesday, as 2021 turns, you know the first thing that's coming out of my mouth. I, You know what's coming out of my mouth. I'm not going to say it, but you know what's going to happen. And then from that moment on, you will see how quickly next year is going to go. As I had mentioned before, we're locked and loaded. Malcolm Reed is locked up. Sam the Cooking Guy is locked up. We have another guest that I can't think of right off the top of my head that we also have locked up. So we're full for next week as we launch 2021. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American saying, Happy New Year and good night now.